for the week of June 16th, 2019. This is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into all things Star Wars TV, as well as the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. This week, we're looking at Season 1, Episode 7 of The Clone Wars and Season 1, Episode 5 of Rebels. And to help me tackle all this is John. John, how are you doing? Doing good, as always. Enjoying the rewatch, ready to blitz a few more. This was a, uh, a fun week, so let's get right into these episodes. Yeah, let's do it. Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 7, Duel of the Droids. This episode is written by Kevin Campbell and directed by Rob Coleman. And in it, Anakin and Ahsoka continue their search and rescue mission to find R2, and in doing so, they come into conflict with General Grievous, who has been using R3-S6 as a double agent. Bum, bum, bum. So we see that that droid really isn't incompetent, but is purposefully trying to kill Anakin. Yes, he's surprisingly effective at what he's actually trying to do. <laughs> so first, we see that Anakin is once again disobeying orders, or uh, adjusting his the way he says things a bit <laughs> in order to continue his search for R2. Um, finally, he gets a signal from R2 that is once again tried, uh, it's jammed by R3 S6 because we find out later on what's going on. Right. Uh, but we see that Anakin really does love this droid. There is a connection there. Yeah. And uh, I really liked how R3, because if, if you're coming in fresh on this and you haven't ever seen this episode, you you might get annoyed with how incompetent R3 is. And maybe you're just like, oh, this is way too childish. This droid is so incompetent. But then you learn that it's all part of Grievous's big plan. Mm-hmm. It's like you you distract them. You make sure that you, uh, you mess up everything possible. So you find that this is a little evil guy. Yeah. You know, last episode, he, he stranded Anakin out in the middle of space during a battle. He should have been killed there, but he wasn't. Um, and then he tries to leave Ahsoka behind in this episode. Mm-hmm, very cunning. He basically just sets a trap for Grievous to, to, to fight Ahsoka and then gets out of there. Uh, yeah, I actually kind of like him in this episode. Like, since this is a rewatch, we kind of already knew, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the big reveal. Um, but I like the idea that there's like a newer spiffier droid that is, um, maybe like more cunning and less ethical than R2 that R2 has to uh, match wits with. And I I like the idea of an evil R2 that uh, supposedly should be like superior in every way to R2. Um, I just like that the way that they set this up for a big showdown at the end. Uh, So I like what they did here. I I, I think it's a clever turn to have a droid be the double agent and and, um, let it kind of simmer as long as it did before they actually revealed why he's constantly doing exactly the opposite of whatever he's expected to do in the moment. You know, open the blast doors. No, he closed the blast doors and so on and so forth. Uh, So, yeah, I I I think that this is a, you know, a a fun little one off where we give our two a moment to shine and let him be the hero again, which uh, is something that we revisit a lot of times throughout even the movie. So this felt good. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I like that it kind of shows what uh, the separatists are doing with these, you know, R3 droids, R2 droids, those type of things. Because we see what they do with the, these battle droids, but we've never seen them really work other than in the um, 
in The Last Jedi, we don't really see these other droids kind of <laughs> right. working for uh, yeah. for the bad guys here. And so this was one of those that you see is he and it's like his tone. You you get a different tone once that reveal mm-hmm. um, is made. There's some sinister beeps. <laughs> right. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and so I just thought that, that was a lot of fun just kind of seeing that. And then you see in the fight between R2 and R3 that R2 does the classic oil trick mm-hmm. and and it works as usual. And then, yeah, he, he beats R3. It is kind of funny that, you know, like the Clone Wars cartoon came out after episode three. So it can pull in some of the stuff that they established in the movies. But now if you're a new fan, kind of looking at some of the stuff chronologically, it sort of blows the reveal. It blows some of the fun that yeah. you're able to see in the movies. It's not quite as whiz bang when you've already seen it a few times over in the cartoon before you get to episode three. So uh, when I saw that, I'm kind of thinking to myself, huh, I wonder if maybe they kind of cheated people a little bit out of some fun at the beginning of episode three. But for what it's worth, it made for a fun climax here where they have sort of a, I'm going to call it like the diehard ending, <laughs> you know, like where it's droid versus droid and it comes down to a, a moment uh, where uh r3 is hanging on perilously for his life and r2 is not very merciful so uh (laughs) i i enjoyed uh how they brought everything to a head but for what it's worth i kind of think that maybe sometimes you want to hold back some of the fun stuff so that people still have a little bit of surprise when they get to the movies yeah and uh i I totally agree with that and i also think that r3's death was kind of you know brutal or destruction whatever (laughs) you want to call it his comeuppance was uh yes was uh very intense it's not just enough that r2 shows him no mercy but as he goes over you see him get hit with a chunk of debris and his head goes spinning off and you're like yep there's no coming back for r3 so good riddance evil droid uh obviously crime doesn't pay (laughs) right and and you have grievous kind of pulling all these strings and he just leaves him he's just like whatever i'm out of here i only care about myself another running theme with the separatists and and grievous in general is they're always happy to cut and run or to cut down their allies or the people that they're working with like in this case the junk dealer whatever guy uh yeah there's no loyalty among thieves so the show is not uh ambiguous about who they're painting as the bad guys and so once again, you have Grievous kind of being the central villain here, but doesn't come into contact with Anakin <laughs> yep. because uh, going by that Revenge of the Sith reference, it's like, OK, we got to make sure this doesn't happen. But he does have a nice little fight with Ahsoka. Right. And I really enjoyed this because he, he, Grievous is kind of putting all of his tricks into work here, like walking on the walls and and ceiling to to trick ahsoka mm-hmm. and then r3 that little that little bastard just shines the light right on her <laughs> to give give her the spotlight so grievous can find her uh but i mean that's that has to be really hard for these guys whenever they're writing this show of okay how can we involve grievous in this kind of central conflict without having him come into direct conflict with anakin right that's why when you get close to the end of the episode and everything's coming to a head he always has to find an escape pod or find his, you know, his little fighter and blast off before whatever ship he's commanding blows up as they inevitably always do. It's kind of like a Dr. Claw inspector gadget ending, like where every yeah. episode he just, he just gets away just by the, the skin of his teeth. Um, but yeah, uh, a necessary element because yeah, we can't get too close to Anakin or we run into some continuity errors for, <laughs> for what it's worth. 
And, and something else that kind of takes away, like you were saying, that if you're watching these chronologically, it, it might take away from what you see later on in the films. But it's the quote by Grievous. He gives the classic Obi-Wan quote, not this time. Mm -hmm. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, like the show always mines the dialogue from the movies just as a little wink to the audience. You know, we we had a clone trooper. I think it was in this episode, but it may have been may have been somewhere, maybe last episode or next episode. I can't really remember. But uh, he uses the, you know, I have a bad feeling about this. And there's lots of little, you know, nods back to, to the movie. So I never pay that much attention because they kind of sprinkle that in a little heavy sometimes. And if you spend too much time grinning at that, it, it can pull you out a little bit. So this is star Wars. It's, it's what star Wars does. Everything's supposed to rhyme as Lucas said. So we're, right. you're always going to be revisiting those little beats. Yeah. And uh, I just thought that it was interesting because he says it exactly the way that right. Obi-Wan does it. Not yeah. this time. Uh, yeah. But it, it's one of those things where it is, it is out there for the fans. It's a little thing that a little nugget for the fans to, to think <laughs> about and to digest a little bit. Uh, yeah. And then we, we have, I, I just really enjoyed what Grievous had to do in this episode. How so? Uh, because I liked seeing, so whenever I first saw Revenge of the Sith and saw him, uh, whenever he was sucked out into space and then grappled himself back and used his kind of with Alan claw yeah, yeah. things, uh, on there, I thought like, oh, whoa, he can do a lot with those. And then you don't really get to see uh, him, you know take advantage of those things. But in this sure. episode, like I said, he kind of gets the drop on Ahsoka because she's paying attention to everything ground level, but really he's doing his creepy little ant crawl yeah, on the ceiling walk, and wall. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I like just, just being able to see that it adds another, in my opinion, another dynamic to what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, of course he was about to, to gut Ahsoka right there in, in front of our eyes, but she got away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also liked this is an R2 episode. I like that we get to see him do do some more stuff and show that you don't need the latest technology to to have the best, I suppose. Yeah, he's only got his one little stun appendage, but he knows how to use it. He goes right for the center eye and that's how you get get the jump on a droid. You, you got to aim for the center eye as we learn. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was this was cute. This is one of those episodes where it doesn't do a whole lot to move the story ahead, but the, the fun of giving R2 the spotlight and you know, the, the fun of how are we going to get the droid back and you see him disassembled on a table and you, you know, like you, you're actually feeling a little bit about R2's plight. There was enough in here that, that was fun. So it, it was a good ride in and of itself, but this isn't one for the books as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And it kind of, you, it takes away from the, uh, the risk a little bit because you see him being dismantled by the, by the junker. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he start pulling it. He's starting to pull up <laughs> the Republic secrets and we're like, well, we know how the story ends. Right. So there's really no, there's really no weight to this with me watching R2 get all torn apart because I know that he makes it out of this. And you know, if the secrets are given to the, uh, to the, um, to the separatists, it's nothing that's going to be huge that drives a plot forward because we don't see any of that because we are, we're looking at this post Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, we can always watch these a little detached because we're watching them as a prequel where we know how the story concludes. So yeah, that's a little, um, uh, yeah, it kind of short circuits your ability to really get in the moment. But I think of the kids that are going to be discovering this on Disney streaming, you know, and, and they're going to be seeing this for the first time and they're going to have the opportunity, hopefully, if they're savvy from the get-go, to watch a lot of Star Wars in canonical order. 
And yeah. if they do that, then they're not going to be pulled out of it the way that we are, because maybe they haven't seen episode three. Maybe they're not allowed to watch the movies quite yet because the movies are a little more intense, but Hey, this is just a harmless cartoon. So maybe this is their first introduction at seven or eight to star Wars. So, um, I, I don't want to dock it too much because we know, you know, where the story's going. It was still a, a fun, you know, kind of self-contained adventure, but yeah, this wasn't the super high stakes kind of clone wars that we're going to see down the road. So it's hard to feel like this is, you know, something that you want to give high marks to. Right. Yeah. And that's a great point because my nieces, they weren't at the level of watching Revenge of the Sith for right. a couple of years when they started watching Star Wars, because as we know, that's a, that's a pretty dark episode. Yeah. Some, some younglings don't, uh, don't fare so well. <laughs> so yeah, the, it, it earns its PG 13 rating for sure. Well, speaking of younglings, should we transition into this episode of Star Wars Rebels? That was a solid segue. Let's do it. Are you enjoying Star Wars TV talk? Well, what if I told you that you can get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast, you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards to places like Starbucks or Amazon. Or if you're a good person, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android. And I have a special code just for you. Simply use our code Star Wars TV and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on here, you basically get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us, which is pretty legit. So go ahead, go and listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code Star Wars TV. And here's the other thing. PodCoin has given me, a podcast listener, even more joy in listening to podcasts because I get paid to do it. Well, in this episode, season one, episode five, Breaking Ranks, it is written by Greg Wiseman and directed by Stuart Lee. And Ezra goes undercover as a stormtrooper cadet to steal a decoder from the Empire. And in doing so, he gains the trust of a few other cadets who help him in the end. And this is all because Ezra has a nice little heart. He comes into a, uh, he eavesdrops into a conversation that says that none other than the Grand Inquisitor is looking for some, uh, some tributes for something. We don't yeah. know what. Some recruits. He's looking for yeah, so, yeah. Some people he can take under his wing for some nefarious purpose. Yes. And so that causes Ezra to, he can like, that's the crazy thing about it. Ezra completes the mission successfully can mm -hmm. get out but he chooses to stay and get uh get his friends that that went through training with them out of there yeah watching this episode i started contrasting it a bit to resistance because this is ezra sort of in spy mode right like this is a lot mm -hmm. like what we saw on the first season of resistance where um Kazuda. Kaz, Kaz, Kazuda, right. yes. Um, so, you know, you've got Kaz always trying to get into the high tower so that he can get some intel or, you know, get something of value uh, for the resistance. And he's always bumbling and falling all over himself. But if you watch Ezra in this episode, this guy kind of knows how to handle himself. He's only 15, younger than Kazuda, yeah. but as a spy or as, uh, you know, a heist guy, <laughs> he is 
pretty solid already. And uh, so I really liked that aspect of it. I liked not only is he savvy enough to know when the stakes are raised and when he has to call an audible and improv a little bit for the sake of uh, some fellow travelers who maybe aren't really Imperial loyalists who maybe could be brought into the resist or the rebellion, I should say, um, you know, he's, he's uh, quick enough and has the wits to be able to, to uh, pull that kind of stuff off. And it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and I really liked watching just the stormtrooper training because it's just an interesting thing to see what they what they put these sure. these cadets through because it's it's quite the it seems it seems risky but it also seems a little bit fun. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to be thrown into that little the pit of doom pit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if this is the standard stormtrooper training. I got the sense that these were already cadets that had distinguished themselves enough that right. they were being vetted for this greater cause that we then understand has to do with the Inquisitor. Uh, so yeah, I don't think every stormtrooper, you know, they 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 get their uniform, they get their blaster, and then they go straight to the uh, you know the whatever the. <laughs> <laughs> the obstacle pit of of doom um but yeah it, it certainly was a fun visual and it it's a great plot device to give you opportunities to see which cadets have um a sense of duty and loyalty to their fellow cadets and which ones are in it for themselves like you you get to paint a very clear morality play around right. the hijinks that go on in in the pit so uh very effective storytelling and and this is the one thing that you know i've mentioned on previous cast is really standing out as I rewatch rebels is just how competently the stories unfold and, and just how creatively they're able to take care of some of the exposition and some of the uh, character and world building. It doesn't feel as clunky as clone wars did out of the gate. And I really respect that the first time that I watched rebels, I was watching it very casually. It's in the background. I miss an episode here or there. Like it was just very much a, just a passive thing. And so I don't think I ever really latched on to the quality of the writing and now that we're kind of dissecting it with a bit more detail, I'm really appreciating what they're pulling off here week over week. Yeah. And one of the cliches with kind of anything that's close to this type of genre, uh, it's like there's kind of like this resistance of, oh, I'm not going to give you responsibility. I'm going to I'm going to kind of shield you from right. from doing you're what you want to do. Yes. Right. But in this one, they they threw Ezra in there. They're mm-hmm. like, all right, you're going to go do this training. And and it seemed like there was some there was some level of trust there. Yeah. Like, okay, you were giving you this. Oh, he needs a few more extra days. Uh, I don't really like that, but okay, let's give him a few extra days because we know he's capable. Um, And so that was kind of nice to see that they're giving this kid, this 15 year old uh, kid who's been on his own for a while, this responsibility because, you know, they got to know him. They trust him a little bit to do these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just kind of neat to see that because there wasn't a conflict between Ezra and the other, the other heroes in this one, because there was a mutual trust. Yeah. This isn't a story about the interpersonal conflicts of the team. This is, we've set the table. We've got all the key players, all the good guys and all the villains. We understand what we're working with here. Now we get to spin off these fun little adventures week over week. And you don't always have to have these digressions of who these people are and why can't they work together? The team is firing on all cylinders, right? Like everyone knows the role here. Everyone, like you said, is willing to, uh, go off script because they trust that the other people have their part of the job well in hand. And so there is a, a fun sense of camaraderie and, and uh, teamwork that hasn't been present in the show up to this point. So this is kind of the show uh, telegraphing that, okay, you know, we've gone through the introductory phase of the season. Now you understand who your heroes are and what they bring to the table. And now let's see what they can do as they get more and more invested in the rebellion. 
Yeah, and I just, I really like that the Grand Inquisitor, while he's not necessarily physically in this episode doing things, he's kind of in the background like, oh, I look forward to seeing my cadets tomorrow and, and picking the right one. Right. Um, and it's just interesting because you don't know what he's looking for. You don't really, you don't have this idea of, okay, what's his, what's his play here? What is he going after? What does he need these cadets for? And so there's that kind of level of, of mystery, mm-hmm. but you know, if the inquisitor is involved, it's nothing good. It's nothing these sure. kids want to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that Ezra's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's like, you know, the, these kids, while they are kids, they're in stormtrooper training. Um, for whatever reason, they're training to be stormtroopers or just imperial officers, whatever it is that they're in. You know, the end is for them. They're they're working for the bad guys, so to speak. And so it's one of those things where he's just like, no, I'm going to help him out because. This is a path that they can't come back from if they work with this Inquisitor guy. Right. It is kind of interesting how quick um, Ezra is to uh, sort of trust and bring these guys into the fold. Because you would think that you'd need to be really cautious about not getting double crossed or whatever. Fortunately, in this case, you know, he did find some some willing allies and uh, that wasn't the the purpose of this particular story. But yeah, I don't know if I would be quite so trusting as quickly as he did, but for the sake of the plot and keeping things moving at a good clip, uh, yeah, he found his allies and <laughs> they turned out to be, you know, uh, true compatriots when it came down to it. Yeah, and, and I just really enjoyed that that they gave Ezra some some wits to him in mm-hmm. this episode. It yes. really showed that he, and his capabilities, like it, it's one of those things to where they're putting him into this cadet thing so that he can get this decoder, but he has to prove himself to the empire in order to get there. Right. And so they, you know, that was another level for me that it's like, well, they trust him that much that he's going to show up and, and show out the rest of these kids. Yes. And, and he does, and he, he does a lot of stuff here and it makes me excited to see what he's going to do later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this was another fun, uh, one-off adventure. Again, this isn't one that is, uh, really building too much for storylines down the road. This is pretty self-contained, but it was a lot of fun. And actually, you know what, having said that, um, getting a little bit of insight into the cadets and some of the motivations of these other kids that it gives you, uh, it starts to paint a picture that maybe the empire isn't this granite block of loyalists that you think it is that they do come in all stripes. And so, uh, we know that down the road, we're going to have more run-ins with, uh, you know, defectors and whatnot. So, uh, this was, this was a, a perfectly fine episode. I, I think this one was good. We're coming off the high of the Inquisitor's big reveal and his big trap. So it's kind of hard to be living in that shadow um, and feel like this is as uh, special or momentous as that was. But I can't knock it. It was really solidly crafted and just a, just a well-presented little adventure. And I was having fun with it. So yeah, I'll applaud this one too. It, I don't think Rebels has really misfired yet. And we're what, eight, seven, six, seven episodes in at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're still firing on all cylinders, and Absolutely. and they just they just provide so many layers to things that we see from uh, from the films and from past shows. Mm-hmm. But it's it just keeps playing and adding layers yeah. to it, and that's that's one of the reasons that I like this so much is because we get to see what the Empire is doing that wasn't on the big screen. Right. Yep. Oh. And uh, in this one, we're introduced to the idea of Kyber being this, you know, coveted mineral that the Empire is after, right? Because uh, essentially the decoder was what enabled them to find the convoy that was carrying the Kyber and destroyed in time. Uh, So, yeah, uh, there is a little bit more of Star Wars lore that's being put out there 
uh, at least on the screen for the first time, I believe. I don't, I don't think we had much talk of Kyber no. or what its ultimate purpose for the Empire was. You know, I'm sure there's been talk uh, in Clone Wars along the way about, you know, building your lightsaber and that kind of stuff. Like, we know that Kyber crystals have a purpose for the Jedi, but we're getting hints that, oh, okay, all these planets uh, seem to be important to the Empire, but there's some sort of five-year strategy and it involves big shipments of Kyber. And we know how that all comes to a head at Scarif. And hey, turns out the ghost was there too. So, you know, there is there is a, a little bit of uh, foreshadowing of mm-hmm. kind of where the, the Rebel storyline is ultimately going to go on the small screen and the big screen. So, uh, yeah, like this one. Another fun one. Yeah, well, it's been it's been great rewatching this. So, so John, where can the people find you? Uh, people can find me over on my little pet project, SNL after party podcast, where we dive deep on new SNL and when it's off season, like it is now throughout the summer, uh, we talk a little bit of vintage SNL. We cover some of the cut for time sketches that don't make it to air. So, uh, we have a little bit of content trickling out over the summer, but, uh, that's definitely where people can find me. SNLpodcast.com If they want to check it out. Yep, and please join us next week. We have a very classic character coming back into our discussion. Mm-hmm. So join us next week for Star Wars TV Talk. It's going to be a fun one. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Are people going to die? Please leave us a review on iTunes. For every 10, we give away some awesome Star Wars merchandise. And you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Star Wars TV Talk. You can also check out our website, www.StarWarsTVTalk.com. And... A special thanks to Laid Wogan for this intro and outro music. You can follow him on soundcloud.com slash Laid Wogan. Thanks for listening, and remember, the Force will be with you. <laughs>